1: Today, we're going to talk about a topic that really should be, by all accounts, uplifting, inspiring, optimistic. But it's back to school time and never too late to explore with creator, the truth about education, because it's our future. What do you say, Carl? Well, uh,
2: I'd be totally in agreement with you in a normal world. I've had my ups and downs with school and my attitudes and feelings and sensibilities. I think a lot of people have felt roughed up a bit by the school system, but it's a necessary evil and something that's viewed as central to society. Unfortunately, the divine realm does not think very much about how we educate the young. And so we're going to get into that today because it's this is important. Indeed it is.
1: Why don't we get right into it? So you as creator... In our channel interview in the light with Carla Ruckert, she made a very strong statement condemning the school system, stating that the very idea of students confined all day in classrooms is a tool of the interlopers and that learning should come from participating in life. Do you endorse this view? And what could you tell us further about this perspective that would be helpful?
2: All right. And this is creator's words that I channeled in answer to the question. Indeed, this was more than a divine hint you received. Your many questions over the years about education, the school system, modes of learning, the many ways information becomes corrupted and then is imparted to the young, and the overlay of corruption influencing teachers negatively, and the mind control manipulation on top of the spirit corruption of teachers and pupils who are encouraged to bully one another, adds an even greater sinister agenda to constrain thought, restrict possibility for widening the horizons, and largely keep attention focused on the past. Past learning, past knowledge, traditions, old ways of thinking, and much outmoded information of little current value. The reality is that the very conception of the schoolhouse was to be a kind of daily prison for the young. This is why it is so heavily resisted, and historically, the stories are legion, and that is because it is harming young people more than it is helping them, and this they know intuitively and very much resist what is happening. Not being in authority, they are unable to decide for themselves, and eventually will submit and learn to be cooperative, and some even excelling as students and relishing their experience receiving the blessings of the teachers, high grades and the resulting praise as being well worth the inconvenience. But all too often students become stifled and end up resenting the very idea of learning because it comes to represent depersonalization, dehumanization and degradation of their own intrinsic value as they are criticized, judged and embarrassed again and again in being put to a test, they may well fail, in the moment at least. And this punitive process takes a toll over time to undermine self-confidence and squelch enthusiasm. A saner system incorporates the young into all of life they may be ready for, individually or collectively. An apprentice system works quite well. And you are a shining example of this, being self-taught largely and making your way through your own initiative, seeking environments where you could be taken aboard and mentored to learn what was needed. Granted, you had an innate, strong curiosity and were able to parlay that into a high level of performance wherever you went. This is a natural trait in most young until it is discouraged through life experience, devaluing what they have to offer, and diminishing their expectations. And then they learn to mistrust their own thoughts and yearnings and and seek an escape or shut down their creative potential by becoming subservient to the demands of what is largely a disciplinarian system that requires a certain performance to take place and trains them to absorb and then purge a series of facts and propositions, assuming this creates a well-rounded person. It, in fact, does more the opposite by stultifying and diminishing the reach. People are designed to be inherently creative in expressing their soul in whatever direction that takes. There will be something of value that happens. Whether it is of value to others is always a variable. But if they're doing what is natural for them in a loving environment, working alongside others who share similar similar likes and dislikes, to give them security and encouragement, and even rewards of praise because they're with people who are true compatriots and like-minded. Whatever they contribute will have immediate value and acceptance. And in the broad mix of humanity, the whole of human culture is geared towards identifying excellence and sharing that, if only for profit. So there are many existing mechanisms to spread knowledge and showcase the individual achievements of people. This is far more meaningful than doing make work in the same way as others who came before, going through endless study and drills and testing and regurgitation for little purpose and no end result other than having survived the system and done all the arbitrary requirements that were made to be the criteria for advancement. That is not true learning, true education, or true development of the soul and its true purpose. The end result is a tremendous waste of human capital. This indeed is a legacy of the interlopers. Learn from them. Instituted by them down through the ages again and again as a way to warehouse the young. Inculcate them with a series of restrictions and punitive responses to behavior demanded of them. Knowing this will discourage them and constrain human creativity and progress. It turns out generation after generation of sameness, and that is what the interlopers want. They at least want to restrict advancement, if not to set humanity back. This will change when the presence of the interlopers is fully dealt with and there is true freedom and liberty once again. Until then, everyone will continue to be a slave, and a slave to the system they themselves maintain through force of habit. And the constraints of the hidden hand, managing them from behind the scenes.
1: You know, I was was having a conversation with a friend of mine not too long ago. And he said his son had just finished up a computer science program and was studying Java AWT. Now, nobody knows what that is, but that's the point. Nobody is using this stuff in the real world. This is ancient stuff that's like 15, 20 years old. Nobody in corporate America or corporate global is using this stuff. And yet, the guy spent an entire semester studying it. Ridiculous.
2: Yeah, it is ridiculous. If people with a bent towards mathematics and computer science would go to work for outfits doing IT uh, development and modifications and innovative research, they could be brought in as apprentices and tutored in what is actually going on right now, right here and right now and then contribute creatively certainly at a low level in the beginning but they could certainly do a lot of the routine things and then be stimulated by being doing by doing something relevant
1: and important. That's precisely my that's precisely my path through IT I, I do computers for a living as well and I I don't have a computer science degree <laughs> I'm a lawyer <laughs> so nothing to do with the, what my career field ended up being, but I went in at a low level and worked my way up the chain relatively quickly because I'm a fast, you know, quick learner, good study, and uh, solve problems, and that gets rewarded. Yeah, Yeah.
2: well, I did science the same way, and uh, I started out when I was in high school working in a hospital lab and assisting with autopsies and doing lab tests and, and so forth, drawing blood samples from people, doing electrocardiograms and so on, and it was a bit of a different time. It was a little more relaxed about you know having the official credentials there was less medical legal uh, oversight of things and over scrupulousness and looking for weak links to punish by attorneys who you know want to make a case against a hospital or whatever but it it brought out in me the reality that people have a brain and you could choose to use your brain or not And most people choose not to, and they're discouraged from doing it by having this exposure to a school system that rewards mediocrity in many respects, and not innovation, and doesn't pay attention to what their interests are.
1: Indeed. Carl, you asked Creator, what are the benefits and liabilities of homeschooling compared to the government-sponsored school system?
2: Okay, this is interesting. And I, I had no idea what to expect here in asking this question, but here's what Creator says. As you may imagine, we are very much in favor of homeschooling. First and foremost is because it is often done as a way to provide systemic, systematic religious instruction that is missing from the public school system altogether. Although there are churches and synagogues and mosques, there are many who believe the principles of religion should be integrated throughout the educational process because there are so many ways in which divine principles come to bear on human events and choices. Even with the idea of learning and how things are prioritized and how the success and failings experienced along the way need to be treated as opportunities to serve the self and benefit personal learning and growth as a divine undertaking, and so forth. This can be exaggerated to the point of silliness. But what we are talking about is the idea of embracing the need to have instruction about morality and ethics as an integral part of everything involving the young. And this is of supreme importance as an aspect of education. Because inculcating these concepts and ideas are a tremendous blessing to impart a good sense of who one is and what one can best do to make their lives a success and why. These are fundamental needs as well as ideas that deserve to be reckoned with. To not do so, which is the case with the government-run school systems, is gutting the whole process of maturation So it is outside a framework that enables integrating the divine perspective of life as being integral to an understanding of life's purpose and how to comport oneself to find true happiness and become a good citizen in all respects. Without it, one is left with an endless series of rules and regulations, well-meaning but often ill-timed and poorly worded legal pronouncements and standards that are poorly understood, poorly managed and poorly constructed in the first place, in large part because they're never subjected to scrutiny with a higher perspective in alignment with the way the divine views things and the issues at hand faced by humans. The whole of life in human culture is degraded and cheapened by an absence of divine wisdom in all that takes place. When this is not avidly sought and not only promoted, But given great intense effort to see to a careful scrutiny of all that happens with this in mind to ensure that things are in divine alignment, it immediately lowers the bar and the standards will be faulty and ineffective in promoting public welfare and achieving human potential individually and collectively." Loving parents who can take the time to be with their children and see to an effective exposure to core curriculum requirements will find this not only feasible to do by the layperson, but will do a much better job on average than the school system. And this is because much of the administrative distractions and the inefficiencies of having to teach within a large group setting versus a small group. And the problems of so many troubled beings thrust together in maintaining order and seeing to their needs individually at the same time as serving the group as a whole provides the environment where things will fall through the cracks. And children are neglected in serious ways and it may not come to light for quite a while. And children who flounder will often be passed along simply to be rid of them and never become competent learners. And this is a waste of human capital and a quite harmful destructive influence channeling the young into lives of failure and self-recrimination because they are literally taught to believe they are defective in some way. This is much less likely to happen when education is entrusted to loving parents. After all, it is simple logic and apparent on its face that the ideal is to have teachers who not only wish to teach children effectively and get results, but can do so lovingly for each student equally despite their personalities and peculiarities from the teacher's perspective. Who better to do that than loving parents who know their child better than anyone? And through the bonds of parental love will be more tolerant on average than teachers can be given the stresses and strains of their profession and the heavy demands on them to deal with many, many students and keep the administrators and parents happy with the process and
1: its outcome. You know, just putting in a classroom is a bigger problem than it ever has been today. And, um, you know, it's interesting the point that was made here of how you're thrust into a, you know, a surrounding where you've got people with all levels of problems and you can't get away from them. It is like a prison.
2: Yes. Yeah, I was just visiting my mom and uh, talking about the first day of school with some of the kids, you know, going back now, September after Labor Day. And she, she's 97. And she turned to me and she said, well, I remember my first day of school. There was a girl there who was really acting up, and she was a terror. She just caused such a huge ruckus, and it was really upsetting. I'll never forget it. Later on, we heard she went to prison. Yeah, yeah. So so here you go. I mean, this this is true. This is the future criminals of tomorrow are in the schools today. Where does that come from? It comes from dark spirit corruption, often in infancy, that works on them all through their life and worsens things. And these kids are in school, troubled, acting up, acting out, withdrawn, terrified, and on and on, because there's an overlay of interloper manipulation going on. And the school system is blithely unaware of it and contributing to the problem by giving no solutions no real support some token efforts perhaps at coaching and counseling but in ignorance of the problems you know what are they going to do in the face of this dilemma so in a loving environment that's less likely to be an overwhelming negative it might still be present but loving parents can handle their young without compounding things i mean i was in
1: high school back in the 70s you know which is quite a while ago now <laughs> And, uh, you know, there was no, I was bullied and ultimately I had to, you know, get into quite a couple of fistfights to get enough respect to be left alone. No yeah. kid should have to be thrust into that situation.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's, it's still going on. There's more attention paid, at least lip service. I don't know the realities, but uh, it's a chronic problem and it's f- inflamed deliberately by dark forces working against us
1: all right we're up on a break uh be sure to check out our, our stuff at getwisdom.com you can check out our healing services there's a menu bar on top of the page that, that says healing and you can explore that uh, the options that we have there we have many uh sessions that are available as well as you can learn our lhp training and you can get information on that at getwisdom.com lhp and we'll be right back right after this
2: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com
0: forward slash Voice America. Scientist and inventor Carl Mollison has discovered how a tiny percentage of people throughout history have made direct contact with God. We pierce the veil in channeled interviews with famous departed people now in the light to probe the greatest mysteries. Our weekly webinars feature the creator's wisdom about solving the burning issues challenging us personally and globally. And we welcome viewer questions. There is no death. There are no secrets. Get enlightened. Visit GetWisdom.com. Take a closer look at yourself in the present. Your body has its own GPS system designed to help you follow your intuition, align your thoughts, and set your own course. Host D. Lee is here to be your external guide to this discovery. Take a break, a mindful space to pause, and help bring forth the balance that your life deserves. Listen live for mindful space to pause every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Your world, change your life. Voice America You're listening to Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They are here to answer your questions and comments about the program. Send us an email to contact at getwisdom.com. That's contact at getwisdom.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to the second
1: segment of Get Wisdom. We are talking about the pros and cons of our educational system, which unfortunately seems to be weighing more on the con side. (laughs) Carl, you asked Creator, given the many negative attributes of the current school system, if parents are financially unable to provide an alternative, what encouragement can you give them and what advice about how to help children cope with the experience of public schooling?
2: All right, and these are Creator's words that I channeled. The first thing we would say is to become involved in their child's life to the extent they have good lines of communication with their children to make clear to them through word and deed that the child will not be judged by the parent and can come to them with fears and questions about what they experience, what they may have trouble with, what they struggle with, and get true assistance from parents who are loving, nurturing, good listeners and very much want to support their child and help them overcome any difficulties they encounter. So there's <laughs> I just parenthetically, you know, where we, I was thinking, where are we going to get these good parents that are so wonderful? <laughs> but this sets a standard. You know, that's what I would say about it. Yes. It's not pie in the sky necessarily. All right. Back to creator, I apologize. <laughs> Children are very sensitive to parental expectations and often are overconcerned about showing any weakness and will keep things hidden from the parents because they don't want to let their parents down. And do not factor in the parents can be a tremendous resource to help them cope with difficult situations and even bring in extra assistance when that might be needed. This usually only comes to a head after there is ongoing failure for a significant period of time. And then eventually a parent-teacher conference brings this up for discussion, by which time there may be much damage already experienced and habits formed that are difficult to counter. And even getting at the source of the problem may be difficult when students will not be forthcoming in any discussion with an adult, no matter who it might be. This can be avoided by having good relationships with the children. By doing parental teaching to model what it is like to have an adult who wants to encourage and inspire them lovingly, when children experience this with their own parents and encounter the opposite at school, they will be more willing to talk about this contrast, and the parents can then be reassuring and supportive of their children in coping with the less than desirable situation and may be able to improve the school setting, in some instances at least but without any feedback from their child. Things can go on for years and many dire consequences build over time without anyone being aware. The typical situation is students muddle through, but in the end have become soured on learning and not being inspired and seeing even the potential within themselves to use learning as a springboard for achievement in doing something greater, something more demanding, and to have challenges involving learning within a career But seek something to avoid such experiences because it has been so onerous in the way they lived through it in the school system. This is the great harm we speak of when asked about how education is conducted in the human culture. That it is very much a deadening influence on creativity and learning, despite its stated purpose and significant expense. And with all the oversight and attention to detail and the many creative attempts to tinker with the curriculum and teaching approaches, things often get worse rather than better. This is purposeful and should not be dismissed as an exaggeration or a conspiracy theory. It is cold, hard reality, and the end products of the educational system are clear evidence that it is largely a failure in doing what it is supposed to do inspire the young and encourage them to be the leaders and innovators of tomorrow.
1: Yeah. I would say that, you know, there are some people out there that will defend the school system. There, there are people that have done well, you know, they are the good students in school and had a good social life, but I would say that most people, you know, succeed in spite of the school system and not because of it.
2: Well, it, it does separate people into those who are compliant and those who may not be. True. And, This is the cynical view industry takes in education. They see those who go through and get the degree as someone who will fall in line, who will follow orders, who will do what's expected of them. No matter what it is, whether it's onerous, whether they like it or find it boring or distasteful, they will comply and they will jump through hurdles all their life long and be good little employees. So that works for certain settings when certain kinds of actions are needed. But in settings where it's more demanding, they might need more sophisticated skills. The ability to think independently and have initiative and be creative, you cannot teach that. You can only reinforce and cultivate it as an inherent potential. And you do that through giving the right environment and not something that's stultifying. So...
1: Well, well. since we're on the topic of the right environment, let's talk about higher education, quote-unquote higher. <laughs> is the well-entrenched belief that a college degree is the ticket to a better life perpetuated by mind-control manipulation to further program the minds of the young and impoverish them as well? Okay, well, here
2: we go. This is what Creator says about this. The two do go hand in hand. This has been the direction of things for many, many years now, that higher education is considered to be the distinguishing feature of people who are intelligent and accomplished. It is truly a legacy of the bygone era when the aristocracy, by virtue of their political connections and inherited wealth, spent their time seeking out the learned scholars, thinkers, and seekers of their time to emulate them and learn things they could entrance their friends with and impress the ladies with discourse over dinner, but rarely to do something truly meaningful. This practice has continued and gradually became more and more accessible to a wider class of people with increased affluence as a consequence of mechanization and scientific advancement supporting acquisition of better control of the lifestyle to provide comforts and luxuries to the masses. The intent all along was to provide a kind of programming in a pseudo education that would keep people preoccupied in believing they were accomplishing something worthy. That appealed to their ego as well, that they too could be learned and contribute ideas and be a player contributing to human thought and progress. The reality is the world can only support so many thinkers and scholars and writers and researchers The idea anyone can be anything they choose is not realistic. Someone has to mind the routine and mundane tasks of living. This is particularly pernicious when the whole promise of higher education is little more than a demanding version of the lower grades in school. A series of make-work exercises and hurdles to achieve advancement by mastering a succession of increasingly difficult intellectual challenges devised by teachers who think they are helping hone the minds of their pupils to do important things, which they themselves are not doing. But in actuality, simply turning a gigantic hamster wheel where the human students are the hamsters, forced to run and keep up at the risk of being expelled and left behind. Those who can go the distance have pride in the proof of accomplishment in their diploma. But it is a hollow victory because in most cases, it contributes little other than as a kind of club membership that has taken years and years of their lives to earn, but does actually very little to promote their creativity and talents in a useful way. While some of the knowledge has applicability for careers, some will choose what they truly need to know. They can learn much more quickly, knowing it is truly needed and important to them. Compared to the many, many years of schooling in a highly varied range of subjects they find boring and irrelevant to their lives. Whereas if there had been a focus on practical tasks to accomplish and in parallel opportunities to gain specialized knowledge through study, they would sort through career options to find what might be a good fit and would have applied themselves years before to achieve a high level of expert knowledge With a cultivation of inner talent and ability along with it. And at the same time, students of today are graduating from college with little idea of what they want to do or can do in society. The counterparts rising up the ranks through an apprentice system would already be highly experienced and accomplished experts in their fields and would be commanding a high level of compensation financially because they would be doing something truly needed and a productive member of society. The myths of higher education and the massive costs that have ballooned beyond reason are a tremendous waste of human effort and financial resources, turning out generation after generation of emperors with no clothes.
1: Still, there'll be some people out there who'll think that some education is worth getting at the higher level, like law or medicine or something. But, you know, Abraham Lincoln never went to law school. In fact, there were very few law schools back when he was around, and he was completely self-taught, and he took the bar exam and passed it, and of course practiced successfully as a lawyer. So even these high professions that people just assume require a college degree, it wasn't that long ago that that was definitely not the case. And, you know, today, to be a lawyer, you you have to get a law degree. It's no longer an option to be self-taught.
2: Well, there's a difference between people wanting to do something like they want to learn the law. They're fascinated by it and they pick up a law book and they become entranced because they see this as the key to understanding human conflict and resolution or whatever it is that sparks their uh, inner passion. This is true for everyone, pretty much. There's something in life they can engage with and take an interest in. If you turn little kids loose in a library, eventually they'll find things to read that interest them and not things that are just given to them by decree. If you did that to adults, you would get a very low rate of compliance because they see no value in it. And it's not any different for the young. So this 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 is just uh, a system that has been derailed from the outset to create a kind of sausage factory and make everything uniform. And so that has a surface value you can think of. But what is that basic education they end up with? I mean, I'm thinking here, this is taking me back to my school. I remember the Battle of Hastings, 1066. Okay, well, <laughs> they never taught us really why that battle was fought what was it all about who was behind it what were the forces and is this a human level undertaking is it non-divine there are many important ethical and moral questions and of course the schools won't even go there but isn't that the most
1: important aspect just a road memory exercise dates and places and people's names you know Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Carl, you ask, creator, has the multi-year growth in cost of higher education greatly exceeding inflation been manipulated to happen by the extraterrestrial alliance? All right. And this is what creator says
2: about this. So hold on to your hats. The ETs are here. They've been here all along through human history and they're running things. So this this is not pretty. The creator says this is very much the case. It is a compounding of errors, causing further disempowerment and disparagement and a gigantic headwind on human progress, putting people on an endless treadmill of debt, reducing their flexibility and their freedom. It is the next best thing to massive prisons. Instead of creating cells with bars, people are slotted into educational tracks to create like lifelong debt. And this is much like a prison they will be serving for the duration that limits their freedom. The rise in costs were aided and abetted by mind control programming to convince people of its tremendous value and to manipulate the governments to support higher education through ready availability of low interest loans that nonetheless impoverish people and create a debt burden they cannot escape from with heavy, without heavy penalties. This was a trap that was set baited with the tempting prospect of legitimacy in society and a ticket to the future to be among the elite and powerful when the reality is only a very few are allowed in and the masses who would emulate that role model can never hope to have such opportunities because there's simply too many ordinary citizens for the relatively small positions of authority. So all are gambling to be the ones who rise to the top. And all pay the cost of competing when only a very few have a real payoff to justify the investment. At the same time, the work they did to get there will have been largely a misdirection and a squandering of true human talent they exhibited and could have done much more with in the right setting with the right support and encouragement. So it is a pyrrhic victory in the end to be a leader in a mediocre society it turns out to be no great achievement after all.
1: Well, there's two threads in this message. You know, one is the cost is imprisoning in its own right. The, the debt burden is overwhelming. Yes. And then at the, the second thread is you're putting in all this effort, paying all this money, and you're really not getting much out of it. Um, yeah. And, you know, the, college has always been college. But, you know, at least back in the early 70s, it was actually possible to, to go to school and pay for a college degree on a part-time job. That's totally impossible now.
2: Yeah. Well, and the other irony here is that society is stuck with this old model. And people are, cl- are pointing out, I just saw an interview with someone uh, on television this past week, mentioning that really the sum total of human knowledge, by and large, is available on your mobile device. You can use a cell phone and learn almost anything. It's all right there in your pocket. And I I thought for years and years about the fact you can go into any college bookstore anywhere, even Harvard, Stanford, what have you, and you can buy all the textbooks that are taught to all of those students at those elite schools. You can pick up those textbooks. You can read them. You can study them. You can learn the core material that they represent. And I would bet you if you applied yourself, you probably do better because you're truly wanting to learn something then the students who are forced to take a mix of things and don't much care about most of it because it's not interesting to them.
1: Well, and the they, learn it,
2: they learn it for the exam and then they forget it. And I mean, that's
1: not the same. A, a lot of institutions, you know, foreign institutions with outrageous dorm costs and, you know, gourmet cafeterias, a lot of, a lot of the students now are taking online courses, probably right from their dorm room. You know, instead of go actually going to a classroom, which is the whole point of being on campus to begin with, they're actually remote students but live doing it out of their dorm room. It's yeah. it's absurd, and yet they're paying all this money. And, yeah, a lot of these colleges, they have degree programs on extension, so you can actually do it from home. Yes, yes. But they don't encourage that, though. No. And, unfortunately,
2: uh, this is very much the case. But the whole concept of self-teaching, self-learning… And parental teaching to get the students off to a good start and be sure they've got the basics and that grounding, this is doable. It really, truly is. And if the parents cannot learn what it is their kids need to know, that's something you have to make up for because of the neglect and the the damage done by the current system. So this is very telling, I think, that with all this education that's so highly prized, the parents of today are ill-equipped to teach their young.
1: Yes. And, you know, it's also reinforced, of course, by industry and and large corporations that now have put in place uh, human resource requirements that somebody has to have a particular degree and it has to be from this subset of of schools, you know, and a lot of times correspondence and online programs will not make the grade. So a lot of people who end up working just as hard getting the same level of education as somebody who sits in a classroom at a big 10 university for instance doesn't have the same opportunity to go get a job so it, it's really arbitrary in many ways yes
2: well i i worked in high level research in the pharmaceutical industry developing new treatments for a vast array of diseases over the years and worked with many PhD and master's level scientists and and supervised a group of PhD and master's level scientists and hired them. And I can tell you that having those degrees is no guarantee that people will be creative and will perform well in a setting that demands initiative and to be a self-starter to have a good work ethic, to be conscientious, to care about what one is doing. Right. And there's a lot of people who you know, drift into something because they couldn't find the thing they really wanted and it's like a secondary choice. And and there's so much waste in all of that. And it doesn't serve anyone, it doesn't serve the employer, it doesn't serve
1: the individual either. Well, we out of time on this segment. We'll be right back with more on education.
2: you've seen everything there is to see in online television let us surprise you visit
1: voiceamerica.tv today for sports health business and more on demand 24 7.
0: scientist and inventor carl mollison has discovered how a tiny percentage of people throughout history have made direct contact with god at get wisdom we have a searchable database of the creator's wisdom and guidance from asking hundreds of probing questions Get a free download from the Creator, answering the biggest questions people have wondered about. Who are we? Where do we come from? Why are we here? And where are we going? Get a free download explaining how to make prayer work in powerful new ways. We offer divine healing sessions with our comprehensive Lightworker Healing Protocol and train practitioners on how to save and heal humanity. We pierce the veil in channeled interviews with famous departed people now in the light to probe the greatest mysteries. Our weekly webinars featured the creator's wisdom about solving the burning issues challenging us personally and globally. And we welcome viewer questions. There is no death, there are no secrets. Get enlightened. Visit getwisdom.com.
1: Tune in to the James Dentley Show and learn strategies for success in business and in life. Dr. James Dentley is a proven success coach who knows how to convert good into great. You'll find out from the achievers and leaders how they got to be the success stories that they are. And Dr. Dentley and his guests will give you the tools you need to follow in their footsteps. It's time to become the best version of you. Listen to The James Dentley Show, Fridays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on Voice America Empowerment.
0: Success starts here, VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com, it's your world. You're listening to Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They are here to answer your questions and comments about the program. Send us an email to contact at getwisdom.com. That's contact at getwisdom.com. Now, back to this week's program. Back
1: to the final segment of Get Wisdom. We are here taking the education system behind the woodshed. <laughs> uh, it's not just us. It's Creator 2 weighing in on this. Carl, you asked Creator, is the government program known as No Child Left Behind? Really, in essence, a clever euphemism for no child left out of the mind control loop.
2: All right. Believe it or not, we asked Creator this question. (laughs) And this is what Creator told us. This, too, is a clever insight about how things came to be. This is so typical of legislation that it is often titled in a way that is an exact opposite of its true intentions, not of the people involved, even in the level of drafting the bill, but the manipulators who see an opportunity to instill faulty thinking and logic and have it carved in stone through laws that will be enacted and inflicted on the innocent with all the force of government behind it. This is a beautiful example, indeed, and does have a double meaning, exactly as you intuit. The whole purpose of the school system is a manipulation of the young. So any tool designed to tighten the grip of the educational system on the minds of the young is inimical to their interests and destructive because it is inevitably designed to be that way. Even when it accomplishes some clear benefits – this will be counterbalanced and often to a greater extent by an unintended consequence or unanticipated negative side effect that triggers human emotion and behavior in ways unexpected by the legislators and the public as well. This, of course, includes the school system that is simply used to having mandates of all kinds imposed from the politicians and whose members may themselves wonder about the wisdom at times, but nonetheless are constrained and required by law to follow their mandates without fail. There is no room for second guessing. There is no leeway to go slow or to avoid taking certain actions that do not seem to sit right with the person. To be sure, there are some teachers who can creatively assist their pupils to see beyond the box constructed by the school system to keep them contained. But this is only occasional and fleeting because the majority of the system is designed for regimentation and subjugation.
1: And getting more that way all the time, it appears. You know, I, I do know some teachers, and, uh, you know, they've basically been complaining that the constraints and the requirements of going with a particular curriculum are becoming tighter and tighter and tighter. Teachers used to have a lot of uh, creative leeway over how they wanted to structure the curriculum and how they wanted to teach in the classroom, but that's becoming less so as time goes on.
2: Well, and when you make the standards arbitrary and concrete, it creates a certain kind of boilerplate that's deadly dull. And the teachers convey that as well. They're probably not that thrilled having to teach it. And it gives them no flexibility to be spontaneous and to be passionate about what they're doing. There may not be time. They've got to stick to the outline and stick to all of the little nuts and bolts to get them all across. And that's the kind of thing that makes eyes glaze over and kids fall asleep. So it, it's a, a very mixed bag. And I've heard the same thing from teachers as well, that, that they're increasingly disaffected yeah. And many leaving the profession and no left child no child left behind was one of the precipitating factors because they see the handwriting on the wall. It's just getting worse.
1: I mean, it, it triggers a memory all the way back in high school. And that's back in the 70s for me where I had a couple of discussions with teachers. And I was surprised at the time that they were freely expressing how much how disaffected they were with the whole thing and how much they just teaching and wish they'd done something else. Not necessarily something you want to tell a student, but it's funny yeah. that it came out that way. Right. All right, Carl, you asked Creator, are spirit guides and the higher self allowed to help a person remember things they have learned? Can students request this help and get it?
2: Okay, well, now we're going to do something positive for a change in this broadcast. (laughs) We're going to talk about what something you can do and guide your children in doing. But again, this speaks to the need for some spiritual coaching spiritual yes. teaching. And if you're not spiritual, you are going to be the loser. I mean, this is there's no other way to put a, a nicer face on this. But the higher self can be of great assistance to people. And this is what creator says about it. If you know can students request this help and get it. And creator says indeed this can be done and will powerfully expand learning. This is not cheating. After all, the idea that people have to retain information and cough it up for passing exams is a primitive idea of education that is based on authoritarian oversight and overattention to the most mundane of cognitive functions. It is much more educational to give students an entire array of resources and ask them to create something. Then the mind can do something of true value and will be able to demonstrate its grasp of ideas which is a much higher level of performance than coughing up information, facts, and figures.
1: You know, so, I, was a poor math, I was a poor math student, and the reason why is because I have a poor memory for detail, and I actually survived a number of tests by rederiving formulas, which was like absurd. I couldn't remember the formula, but I successfully re them half the time. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. I mean, this is all about appropriateness. And doing something of value. And that's how you get people to engage. That's all the key. That's the total key. Look at the complicated things can, kids can do oh, with yeah. ease. You know, the, you're dealing with the, the little gadgets and things they just take to. It's because
1: they're interested and they're passionate about it. And then they and, go to town. And they're bright. We don't give them enough credit. We don't challenge them enough half the time. You know? yeah. At least we're not wise about how we do it anyway. All right, Carl, you asked, a cl- okay, so we're now we're going to uh, examine what a client asks. A client asks, client of Carl's, I have believed prayer and meditation are quite similar. However, since I've been listening to you, the following initiative strikes me as something perhaps not so good or liable to be misused. Any teacher with a K-12 classroom can gain free access to a leading app for meditation and sleep and unlimited access to guided meditations and mindfulness exercises. The goal of this initiative is to provide teachers with the tools and resources they need to help kids to develop a lifelong capacity for greater self-awareness, concentration, patience, and resilience. What are the benefits and risks of this practice?
2: And Creator tells us, unfortunately, the risks far outweigh any benefits. As you know, meditation in and of itself has some value as a way to de-stress by calming the mind for a time and standing down and choosing to not think or focus on the struggles of the day and help restore a person by giving them a rest period. That is a far cry from true self-improvement. It is simply a belief that has crept into human awareness because of disinformation promoting this as a new age approach to betterment. And because it is essentially a secular exercise, even when done by a, quote, spiritual person, unquote, with a spiritual purpose in mind, it will do no such thing if it does not involve a specific outreach by the mind of the practitioner seeking out a divine figure figure to commune with, to make a connection of some kind, and perhaps to request guidance, information, support, or healing during the interval taken for the meditation exercise. In the absence of a deliberate specific spiritual outreach, this leaves a vacuum and the divine realm must simply stand aside and watch what unfolds. We have told you before that any outreach beyond the self wanting something to happen will be met with a reply and an answer from the beyond. But that is largely provided by dark entities of all kinds who watch for opportunities of this sort and will use it as a way in, a way to gain an entrance into the person's consciousness and physical energy field. And then things will worsen from there, because once a toehold is established, they will take up residence and then begin to manipulate their host and eventually cause a worsening of things and even a tragic consequence. To have the educational system outfitting naive, innocent young minds with a tool of self-destruction in this way is quite disheartening and so typical of the strict adherence to secular practice and the shunning of anything spiritual in the school setting. This is a well-meaning perspective that was important in its day, given the past history of state-influenced church institutions and the problems they caused the populace. But to use separation of church and state as a way to deny any belief in a higher power And to ban any mention or possibility of exercising a spiritual lesson or theme in a school setting is taking things to an extreme of causing a worse outcome than the possibility of being unfair to to some faiths by using others as examples or as a focus. Whenever the idea of spirituality might be brought up in a classroom for teaching purposes But those issues can be handled just as carefully as seeing to their exclusion. There are many ecumenical approaches that can be even handed to recognize all major faiths as having common central ideas and benefits without shunning the very idea of faith as though it is tainted and will be damaging. This is the wrong message to give the young and is quite sinister in its origins and consequences. So this meditation approach, in the absence of any spiritual protection, is a gross negligence of the first order and will incur significant karmic penalties for all who promote and facilitate this practice.
1: Wow, that is a serious warning. (laughs) Well, it's a serious thing these teachers are doing. Yeah, we know from this project how dangerous and uh, risky and potentially hazardous any kind of spiritual practice without a divine partnership is.
2: Well, and the answer for all of this can be in part at least prayer. But of course, it's illegal to pray in schools now. It used to be that <laughs> yes. one could pray in school, it's just that the school was not allowed to promote a particular religion. Right. But there was never an injunction that you couldn't have a morning prayer or have students pray at mealtime if they chose to. And that has been viewed as destructive and demeaning and anathema. And it is really a travesty because prayer can really, really
1: be helpful. Indeed. And you can learn more about prayer at GetWisdom.com. Get our, our, our prayer ebook at GetWisdom.com slash prayer. We are once again out of time. Thanks a lot, Carl. And we'll see you next week. Take care. Be well.